rocking up here. Good morning, everyone. (laughs) Welcome. Happy Easter to you. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. We welcome you on this glorious Easter Sunday morning, and it's a wonderful time to celebrate the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. And we're glad that you have chosen to be here with us today to celebrate this wonderful occasion. We welcome our guests especially. You're very important to us. We're glad that you're here today, 
and we hope that you're, you will feel very much a part of our family as we worship together. We'd like to ask everyone, if you would, to take the, uh, the registration uh, forms that we have on the end of each row. And if you would take that and fill it out and then pass it down the row so others could do that, we would certainly appreciate it. Just put your name and address, phone number, whatever information you feel comfortable giving to us. Uh, please do that and check the appropriate box. We would appreciate it. Uh, I, I will tell you, none of this is sold. Your information stays right here. Uh, so uh, uh, we, we would appreciate it if you would do that. A few announcements that we have coming up, some things that are happening uh, in the next uh, week or longer than a week ahead. Uh, next week on Saturday, the Brain Injury Adventure Camp will be having its annual prom right here in this location. And uh, we're glad to host that. And uh, we often uh, provide some volunteers for that. So if you would like to volunteer to be a part of that, uh, that wonderful event, uh, then please see Mark Hobson and he'll sign you up. Also, a little later in the month in April, uh, the Kentucky Baptist Fellowship Spring Gathering will take place at Campbellsville University on April the 22nd and 23rd. So uh, there's some information in your bulletin about that if you'd like to go and attend. Uh, we encourage you to do that. It's always a, a good time to uh, gather with other uh, uh, Baptists from around the state uh, for, for this event. And then coming up a little later in June, we are going to be continuing our ministry uh, of building houses. We do this every year. Um, it's called Extreme Build, and it is extreme because when we get there on Sunday, there's usually uh, the houses on blocks or the foundation is laid, the footings are laid, and then we start working on Monday, and by Saturday we are done, even landscaping, and we're handing the keys to the new owner. It's a, it's a, remarkable, a remarkable event as we gather with uh, about 100 other volunteers from around the state. And we'd like to invite you to come and be a part of that. If you'd like to, there's a sign-up sheet on the table uh, as you leave. And, um, and we'd like to invite you to be a part of that, that wonderful ministry. It's a great time and uh, a lot of fun and a meaningful time as well. You see our beautiful Easter flowers. Uh, we, uh, we love those. Thank you, Dottie. I know Dottie's here. I saw her a moment ago. Thank you, Dottie, for uh, arranging for those. And uh, these flowers will be for sale afterwards. Uh, you see in, in your worship folder, just see Dottie. And um, if you'd like to take some of these home, and uh, I was noticing yesterday some that we had last year, a hydrangea that we planted, and it's blooming or coming up now. And so we're glad to see that. What a glorious Easter Sunday it is. It is a day to celebrate the resurrection of our Lord. So let me invite you now to stand and greet our neighbors with Easter joy.
Please remain standing for our opening hymn.
Please pray with me. God of us all, we give you thanks for your love, your grace, and your power on this blessed resurrection morning. We thank you for the many friends and loved ones who have made the extra effort to gather here with us today. We thank you for the brilliance of the colors on us and around us that remind us of new life. Today, blessed God, we gather to remember and to celebrate. We remember Jesus who healed the sick and raised the dead. We remember Jesus who gathered children to himself and dealt kindly with women centuries before any efforts at women's liberation. We remember Jesus who always kept the mission in the forefront and the minutiae in the background. We remember Jesus, the Son of God, who proclaimed God's kingdom life to us. We remember Jesus who consented to suffer and to die at the hands of the powerful and for the sake of the powerless. And so today, Almighty God, we celebrate. We celebrate the fact that death could not hold Jesus in the grave. We celebrate that the new life that we have in Christ. We celebrate the assurance that we have of eternal life. Today we celebrate, O oh God, and give thanks that in life and in death and in life after death, we belong to God. Amen.
Our scripture this morning is John 20, 1 through 9. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, and said to them, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. Then Peter and the other disciple set out and went towards the tomb. The two were running together, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent down to look in and saw the linen wrappings lying there, but he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came following him and went into the tomb. He saw the linen wrappings lying there and the cloth that had been on Jesus' head, not lying with the linen wrappings, but rolled up in a place by itself. Then the other disciple who reached the tomb first also went in and he saw and believed. For as yet they did not understand the scripture that he must rise from the dead. This is the word of the Lord.
together. Dear God of resurrection, may these gifts we have given be used to bring renewed life in our world, hope to the despairing, joy to the depressed, peace to the dismayed, and love to all of our children everywhere. We give the offering, this offering, to you in the name of our Son, the resurrected one, Jesus, and we praise your holy name. Amen.
Don't you just love Easter? <laughs> you know, Easter and Christmas, you know, the, the music kind of steps up a bit. And, and uh, man, what, that was wonderful. Thank you, choir. Some of you are probably familiar with um, Tony Campolo's classic sermon titled, It's Friday, But Sunday's Coming. Uh, some of you have heard that before. Uh, it, it's based on another sermon that Tony heard his African-American pastor preach on Good Friday. And this pastor began his message by quietly saying, It's Friday, and my Jesus is hanging dead on a tree. Yes, it's Friday, but Sundays are coming. And then one of his deacons yelled, Preach on, brother. Preach it. And that was all the encouragement that preacher needed. He grew a little bit louder, and he said, It's Friday. And Mary's crying her eyes out, and the disciples are scattered like sheep without a shepherd. Yes, it's Friday, but Sundays are coming. And he keeps working that one phrase over and over again. It's Friday, but Sundays are coming. It's Friday, but Sundays are coming. It's Friday. But Sundays are coming until he reaches a climax of that great message and he shouts out, It's Friday! And the whole congregation stands up with one voice, shouts back, Thank you. I'm glad that worked. Well, my friends, it is my privilege to stand before you on this Easter Sunday of 2016 and declare to you that it's Sunday. Sunday has arrived. Easter Sunday is here. And with it, our greatest fears have been proved groundless. And our greatest hopes have been made real. For you see, death has been defeated. Hate has done its very worst, and love has triumphed forever. Yes, my friends, Sunday is here. Jesus is risen from the grave. You know the story of that first Easter. In John's account, it was early Sunday morning, still dark outside, and Mary Magdalene is making her way down to the tomb. And Mary loved Jesus so very much. Mark tells us that Jesus had cast seven demons out of her. We don't know exactly what that means, but one thing is for sure, it wasn't anything good. Some people believe that Mary had been a prostitute before she met Jesus, but the Bible does not say that. These seven demons may refer to an illness uh, rather than some form of sinfulness. But whatever the casting out of these demons refers to, it was a life-changing experience for Mary. And she became one of Jesus' most devoted followers after that. Mary was present at at, uh, Jesus' crucifixion, even though most of the other followers had scattered. They had flown the coop. And now she was the first to come to the tomb on that first Easter Sunday morning. But she was not prepared for what she found there. You see, the stone that had sealed Christ's tomb had been removed and his body was gone. 
Not knowing what else to do, Mary ran and found Simon Peter and John and said to them, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb and we don't know where they have put him. I wonder if they thought that, I wonder if they thought grave robbers had stolen Jesus' body or maybe the Roman authorities had, had taken him somewhere or some misguided religious zealots. Who knows what might have happened? But his body was not there. And I think it's interesting that none of those who had been closest to Jesus even considered the notion that he might have been risen from the dead. They never even, that thought never even crossed their mind. But that's a sign. I think that's a sign of these stories' authenticity because these were honest reactions of people who were very much like you and me. Now later, Jesus' disciples would remember how many times he had said something like, I am the resurrection and the life. But when his resurrection actually happened, they were just as shocked as anybody else. I mean, such things as people rising from the dead are just not a part of their reality, just like they're not a part of our reality. We'd like to believe that the dead live on. The grave is not the end. But until that one man rose from the dead, it was not something that we could count on. But guess what? On that Easter Sunday, a man did emerge from the grave. And then we knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that death had been defeated. Friday was over. Sunday had arrived. It is said that when Queen Elizabeth I was dying, she exclaimed, All of my possessions for a moment of time. And isn't that the hope of all of us? Especially for those we love, that there will always be more time. But what evidence do we have of that except for Easter Sunday? Now, don't be misled here, for the Bible is very clear in saying that Fridays are still very much a part of our lives. Friday is very much a part of our lives. I mean, think about it. Think about Mary Magdalene. Imagine what what Mary Magdalene must have felt like on Good Friday as she stood at the foot of the cross and watched her beloved friend put to death. She heard the the crowds ridiculing him. She had been there when they cried for a murderer, Barabbas, to be set free while they clamored for the innocent man, Jesus, to be crucified. And there he was, stretched out on that cross with spikes pounded through his hands and his feet. His naked body hung between two common criminals, exposing his shame. The soldiers mocked him, spat upon him, and pierced him in the side and left him exposed to the elements to die. You see, the Bible is very clear in acknowledging that Fridays are very much a part of everyone's life. Hardships and sometimes even atrocities happen as a course of human living. While Marshall Shelley was editing the notes of what would become the Quest Study Bible, 
his wife gave birth to their first child, a daughter, who was severely handicapped, both mentally and physically. And then 18 months later, Shelley faced another test of faith when his second child was born and lived for only one minute. And then six months after that, his first child died, leaving an enormous vacuum in his heart. Shelley says that by this time he was full of some hard and honest questions for God. And I imagine that you can understand that, can't you? You've probably had some of those questions yourself. Maybe when you've watched someone you love suffer. Or maybe when life did not turn out the way you planned. And Marshall said, God is not offended by the questions we ask. In fact, God invites it. So folks, don't think that you are the first believer to face your Friday whenever difficulties strike you. You're not. It is a part of the fabric of life. It's how we grow in our relationship with God. Malcolm Muggeridge once wrote a letter to his friend Bill Buckley. And in this letter, Muggeridge said, As an old man looking back on life, one of the things that strikes me most is that the only thing that has taught me anything is suffering. Not success, not happiness, not anything like that. The only thing that teaches one what life is about is suffering. He's talking about life's Fridays. He's talking about every dark night of the soul. So you see, the Bible is very clear in acknowledging that everyone's life has its share of Fridays. But listen to this, my friends. The Bible is also very clear that Friday is not God's final word. Sunday is God's ultimate answer to life's most profound questions. Easter Sunday, death and darkness have been defeated. Christ is risen from the grave, and by that we are given a profound hope, even in the midst of our darkest times. We are told that on that first Easter Sunday, Mary Magdalene and Peter and John were confused. Where is his body? Peter and John started running towards the tomb, and John gets there first, but for some reason he's reluctant to go inside. He, he bends over and he stoop, stoops and looks in, but he doesn't enter. Maybe he's afraid of being defiled. Maybe uh, he just can't stand the idea that someone has stolen Jesus' body, or he doesn't want to see what he's afraid to see. We don't know what it is, but something holds him back. But then Peter arrives, and Peter just plunges right in, which is just like Peter. That's what he does. And he sees the grave clothes and the burial cloth. And then John goes in, and he also sees the grave clothes and the burial cloth neatly folded, lying there. But the scene has a different effect on John than it did on Peter. It may be that John perceived the missing body and the position of the grave clothes as a sign that 
this was not a robbery. If thieves had taken the body, the clothes would, have, would not be arranged so neatly. But whatever the reason, Luke makes the point of saying that John believed. It may be that John was already beginning to remember some of the things that Jesus had said to them. And I think that the neatly folded grave clothes can serve as a metaphor for each of us because it should remind us that even while we are in mourning and even when life is in a shambles around us, God has already put things in order for our good. You see, Christ has triumphed over death. Christ has defeated our final enemy And the reality of the resurrection tells us that there is victory on the other side of pain. Bill Bill Henson in his book titled Solid Living in a Shattered World tells about a man named Sutherland many years ago whose son was missing in action during World War II. There was no word whether the boy was dead or alive, and Mr. Sutherland, who was alone in the world, nourished the hope that somewhere, somehow, his son was still alive. Well, one Easter morning, he was walking through King's Cross Station in London on his way to church, and Mr. Sutherland saw across the crowd a familiar face, a face that he thought was his son's. They locked eyes for just a moment, and then the man that he believed to be his son, turned and and walked away and was lost in the crowd. Well, Mr. Sutherland, Sutherland was convinced that his son was alive and maybe he had amnesia or something like that. And so he withdrew all of his savings and he spent everything that he had traveling all across England and Scotland, posting pictures of his son with his own name and address and phone number on the, on the uh, posters. And every Easter, he would go to King's Cross Station and search out the face of every person to see if he might see his son again. And he did this for year after year after year. There's a great deal of sadness in that story. The kind of sadness that produces the missing children's network in our own land today and and the lingering concern over soldiers missing in action in conflicts around the world. But you know what? There's also a lot of love in that story. A love that only a parent can know. And I have no doubt that Mr. Sutherland did find his boy one day, though probably not in the places he was looking You see, he found him when he himself was in the arms of his heavenly father. For you see, the father's love is the best assurance that we have that Sunday is coming. The Bible is very clear in acknowledging life's Fridays. But the Bible is equally clear that Friday is not God's final word. And that brings us to today, Easter 2016. We are those who live on the other side of resurrection. We are those who have the privilege of knowing that God is with us and that neither life nor death 
can separate us from God's love. So how are you living that out in your life? You know, there are so many people these days that are filled with hopelessness and despair. There are so many people filled with anger and fear and hatred. But are we not Easter people? Are we not Easter people? Have we not gotten the word that even though there will always be Fridays in our lives, Sunday is coming? God loves us so much that God will never leave us in our grief. And God will never leave us even in the grave. That's what Easter is all about. One of the finest preachers of the 20th century was John Claypool. I was honored to have Dr. Claypool preach in my pulpit in Atlanta one Sunday. But he told the story in one of his Easter sermons about a dream that he had. It was very close to Easter, and he dreamed that he had died. He found himself moving through a cool, dark tunnel, and then he came out in what he could only describe as a kindly light. He was accepted. He was embraced. He was welcomed. And then suddenly a voice spoke his name and said, Welcome. I have some questions I want to ask you. And he thought to himself, "Uh uh-oh, here I am about to face a list of the complaints about my life. But the voice said to him, can you weep for all the pain that you've caused others and that you've caused yourself? Can you weep for the way you have abused power or neglected power, for the things that you've done that you wish you hadn't done and the things that you have left undone that you wish you had done. And Dr. Claypool said that he began to remember many of the things that he had deep, for which he had deep regret. And he said he experienced a deep sense of sorrow. But then the voice said, let me ask you a second thing. Can you laugh at all the funny stories that you've heard, all the hilarious things that you've seen, all of the good things that have happened in your life? And he began to think about all the goodness and all the mercy that he has experienced and all the the fun people that he has known. And a great sense of laughter began to well up inside of him. And it seemed as if God himself were laughing with him. But then as his laughter subsided, the voice said, I have one more question to ask. Do you want any more of this? This life that I want to give you? Do you want more of it? And Claypool said he remembers thinking that there's nothing automatic about this answer. Because here is the pain of life, but also the beauty of life. And so he asked himself, do I want more of this bittersweet reality that I've experienced. And then from somewhere deep within me, he said, the words rose up, yes, yes, 
I do want more of it. And with that, the light said, welcome. That's what I want to give to you. It is my good pleasure to give you abundant life. Therefore, enter into the joy of your Lord. You know what day that was for John Claypool, don't you? It was Sunday. It was Sunday. It was Easter Sunday. And listen to this, my friends. Sunday is coming for every person who believes that Jesus Christ has overcome the grave. Now, this is not a denial of life's suffering. Life happens. Hardships come to each and every one of us. Even Jesus, the innocent Son of God, had his Friday. But remember this. Whenever you are going through your sorrowful times, it's only Friday. And Friday is not God's final word. Sunday is God's final word. Easter Sunday. Jesus Christ is risen from the grave. And in Him, we have our hope. And in Him, our joy is restored. What great good news that is for each of us. So hallelujah. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Amen. What a great story the Easter story is. No, I'm not going to start preaching again. Don't worry. But you know what? It kind of makes you want to celebrate, doesn't it? It kind of makes you want to sing. So let's sing. Let's do just that. Our choir is going to sing one of the most beautiful songs of celebration ever written. And we would like to invite anyone else who would like to come up and join the choir for this song to come up to the front as we sing our praises to the risen Lord. The Hallelujah Chorus.
Christ back again from the dead may he equip you with all you need for doing God's will may the Lord produce in you through the power of Jesus Christ all that is pleasing to God may God give you the strength to endure Fridays and the joy to celebrate Sunday Christ be glory forever and ever. Amen. Thank you, Michelle. Come up. Tombstone to heal. 
Oh 